0: Hello and welcome to Theoretically Theatrical. In this series, we peek behind the curtain and explore the world of performance. Today, we're talking to Jodie Krangle, voice actor and the host of Audio Branding, about the power of sound. Thank you so much for coming to speak to me today. It's uh, my pleasure. I'm I'm happy to do this. (laughs) Wonderful. Uh, So can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, uh, hello. I'm uh, Jody Krangle. I have been doing voice acting full-time since 2007. The world was a very different place. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I mostly work in the area of commercials and narration and some IVR, which is phone work. So the idea behind my service is that I get to my clients' recordings really, really fast Mm -hmm. and get them what they need within an hour, usually. So... And the way things are going right now, it's moving really fast. Things mm. move really fast in a lot of areas of voiceover these days. Um, Then in 2019, in November, I started a podcast that talks about audio branding and the power of sound. So how it influences us on a regular basis, both in our buying habits, but also in everything in our lives. So I talk to people who are... Um, who work with the voiceover people uh, in the area of casting directors and creative directors and ad agencies and video production and film and music and, and healing in sound, actually. So people who talk about tone therapy and binaural beats and ASMR and all of this kind of stuff. It's really fascinating to me. And where this is being used in the healthcare system and where it should be used in the healthcare system. (laughs) Mm. Uh, So there's a lot that goes into it, and I'm just fascinated. So anyone that actually is interested in sound and um, trying to raise all boats, I guess, for all of us who work in sound, because what we do should not be an afterthought. It's Mm. it's pretty important to any project. Mm. Oh,
0: fantastic. And that's such interesting subject material as well.
1: There's um, a lot that is involved, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I guess uh, we could dive straight in and uh, and say, uh, why do you think that sound is important, and in particular, what is the power of sound?
1: Well we start off our existence hearing that is the first thing that happens in our lives right even in our mother's womb we're hearing her voice right mm-hmm. so hearing is the first thing that happens and it and it actually is such an impactful thing in in our lives it hits us emotionally and it hits us really strongly mm-hmm. and it's one of our our most powerful senses along with the sense of smell actually they they've proven that these two are really the most important well not the most important but i think they're the most important but uh but the most powerful to us the most impactful senses
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh and and yet for a long time we have really focused on the visual mm-hmm. and i think that has a lot to do with the technology that we find around us mm-hmm. in that right up until this point, and I'm actually I'm kind of um, paraphrasing a fellow named Dr. Terry Fisher who mm. talks about this. He's in BC. He's a physician, but he also talks about AI and the power mm. of voice and voice first technology and all of that stuff. And mm. one of the uh, one of the quotes that he says is that voice is his original operating system, his original o- OS. Right. Mm. So. The idea being that up until this point, we have built computers, and we've had to adapt to them. So Mm. we've learned to type, we've learned to swipe on screens, we've learned to do all sorts of things to operate them. And now we're getting to a point in technology where they are starting to adapt to us. Mm. And that's where the whole voice-first technology is coming in, Mm. because that is a human's original operating system. Voice is our original way of communicating. Mm. So... Now that the machines are able to understand that, we're getting to a different technology level, I think, at this point. But sound is so supremely powerful, and I think it's underutilized in a lot of the media that we see these days. Mm. I don't think that film has a problem with this, because they've always been aware that music influences the emotions of people watching a film. Uh But... But when it comes to a narration for a a web piece or a company's um, commercial, uh, they don't realize that the music that they use or the voice that they use reflects on their actual brand, on who they are. And they should pay a lot more attention to this. So you'll get things like major brands like Mercedes and Nike using the same stock music Mm -mm. for completely different brands. They're completely different brands that yeah. stand for completely different things. <laughs> I know. like
0: I, I remember there was a phase a couple of years ago now when uh, there was an Imagine Dragons song called Thunder mm-hmm. that was on every single advert. It was on Murder on the Orient Express for crying out loud. Like, what, what yeah. has that got to do with it's
1: anything? It's <laughs> crazy. and And the thing about that that I don't think people realize is that you are borrowing from the understanding the audience has of Imagine Dragons, right? Mm-hmm. So you're you're getting that audience's experience of who Imagine Dragon is as well as what's whatever it's being put on. Mm. So if someone in Imagine Dragons does something stupid and, and you don't want it to reflect on your brand, well oh, yeah. you're out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> right? And yeah. also you don't own that music. You are licensing it for a certain amount of time. Mm. So that music then becomes tied with your brand only as long as you use it, only as long as you're able to use it, which means you're spending a ton of money on something you
0: don't own. Why would you do that? <laughs> I grew up listening to the radio a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I was a, very much, I was a very audio-focused child. I'm an audio-focused adult. Um, but radio plays, radio productions will put such care into what you heard because everything would signal something in your brain that would send a series of images flying everywhere.
1: Yeah, and it's amazing, especially with companies that want to earn millions of dollars a year, that they wouldn't take advantage of the idea that you can actually associate a series of sounds that make up a brand, an audio brand, with your brand that will then allow your brand to be immediately recalled in someone's brain without them knowing what language you speak, without them seeing a thing. Mm-hmm. How would you not want to use this? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me, especially now with like Google Home and Alexa and all of these things. How do you differentiate yourself on a voice first platform when mm-hmm. all you're doing is hearing? That's all you're, he- that's the only thing that's happening. You're not seeing a thing.
0: You, you mentioned audio branding. Uh, could we could we talk a little bit more about your your specific thoughts and what you've learned from the people that you talk to on your podcast? Sure.
1: Uh, wow, I have learned so much. I mean, it's been about a year and a half now, I think, since mm. I started this podcast. And mm. I had an idea. I was curious, mm. but I just didn't know how far this extended. Like, it's mm. insane.
0: <laughs> oh, fantastic!
1: Um, yeah. Uh, you know, to the point of film and music uh, mm. uh, and music and film, if you just change the music on a trailer, mm. it becomes a comedy rather than a horror or yeah. a horror rather than a comedy. Right. Like uh-huh. all you do is change the sound effects on a certain uh, I think um, there was a um i i don't know whether it was the filmmaker or the sound person or something but they filmed their child jumping on a series of concrete Things Mm. and then jumping off. And like, if you just hear the surroundings of the child and everything that would be going on in that park, Mm. and you know, then yeah, it all sounds fun. But like, then you put like a little bouncy, 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 bouncy song, uh, a sound on it without anything else, and it sounds like he's in a video game, right? Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. it just has a completely (laughs) different emotional impact Mm. to you. Like, it's just so, so really. Audio branding is how you can emotionally reach your potential audience and let them know who you are on a visceral level. Mm. So like things like uh, Costa Rica, just uh, in 2019, I think they Mm. rebranded themselves and they did an audio brand that included a sound that was sort of meant to liken the sun. So a a sound that was like hearing the sun. Can you imagine (laughs) Like, the, but I mean, it made total sense, mm-hmm. and they actually they they got an award for it. Um, How? Oh. In uh, every year, the International Sound Awards, which are put out put on by the Audio Branding Academy in Hamburg, Germany, mm-hmm. they do this uh, this sound award every year, and mm-hmm. this was one of the things that that was given an award because it was just so. Uh, at the time, it was kind of groundbreaking because you know, an audio brand that took a a, a visual piece
0: mm-hmm.
1: of your imagination, basically, mm-hmm. and made it into sound and incorporated it into a larger audio branding strategy. And it just makes so much sense if you can reach people that deeply and and that powerfully and that quickly mm-hmm. with something that's so brilliantly identifies who you are as a brand Mm -hmm. it just like it's it's the next wave of where we should be going with this and we should have been doing this 20 years ago what's happening now is that people like um, intel and mcdonald's are all cashing out on all of this stuff because their audio brand Mm -hmm. um, from either a sonic logo or from a jingle originally Mm -hmm. started 30 years ago you know, Mm. 20, 30 years ago. And now they're cashing in on that. They're getting Mm. the benefits of that now. So if someone is not using an audio brand consistently, regularly, and the same one so that people will remember it, Mm. you're missing out. And you need to start now because you're really going to get the best benefits of this 20 years from now.
0: (laughs) Mm. Oh, yeah. It's amazing what how much it sticks in your head. There was, um, when I was, when I was little, uh, there was, um, there was an insurance company. um, And I I, I can't remember, I I can't remember the the exact name of it. I think it was called, it was called Hastings Insurance. But I Mm -hmm. still remember the end song that ended that thing because that was, it was was literally this little guy singing their phone number. And I still remember it. What the heck? Why why is that still in there? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. There, there's a Cheers episode.
1: I don't know if you ever watched Cheers. Not at all. <laughs> again, a pretty old series. But, mm. you know, before the the use of the cell phone and all of that stuff, like it yeah. was earlier than that. So... You didn't see a lot of tech there, but they had this show where uh, this particular episode where this guy came in doing jingles for ads and he was going to make a jingle for for Cheers. Mm-hmm. And the jingle was I think it was like Old McDonald was the tune. Right. Yeah. But it was like but he was just like saying all these things about Cheers. And yeah. then. You know, and, and and Rebecca chased him out of the bar because he was unoriginal, uh-huh. but she asked someone, like, just after he'd left, oh, you know, like, wh- who's going to understand that, you know, or, or mm. whatever. And the guy, like, recited everything that was in that mm. that ad for her because, like, he he knew the song, right? Yeah. So everything that was in the song, he remembered. And she oh. went chasing
0: after the ad guy because... Yeah. <laughs>
1: That works. Right. Mm. So like, it's just it's one of those really weird things where our memory is so tied into what we hear. And if you see and you hear something regularly, consistently over time at the same time, then eventually you won't need to see anything. All Mm. you'll need to do is remember the tune or hear the sound and you'll know exactly who it is. Like Mm. who doesn't know the Netflix but um right like Uh (laughs) Like, it's just and it's you don't need to see anything you just know it I I didn't even accurately represent that sound and you knew what I was talking about (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) so like it's amazing it just Mm -hmm. is a fantastic use of of how to get people to remember your brand how did you begin to be interested
0: in working with audio and voiceover
1: Well, I've been a singer all my life. So Mm -hmm. that's how uh, I sort of understood the power of the voice, Mm -hmm. because my mother is a singer and my dad plays guitar. So instead of story time, we had sing-along time when I was a kid, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which was great. So my sister and I and my parents would all like gather on one of our beds and and have a sing-along time. And it was great. It was a wonderful memory. And I always grew up understanding that voice was powerful mm. but i loved computers from an early age so that's where i went i went into com- the computer industry mm. and uh when uh, in- around 1995 i volunteered my time at the CNIB which is the Canadian National Institute for the Blind mm. reading books onto tape and at the time it actually was real to real tape <laughs> nice So yeah, like the very early, you know, (laughs) we're talking about, and I Mm -hmm. think their technology was probably a few years behind because they were a government uh, or they were getting some funding from the government. And so, you know, there wasn't all that much money to go around. Um, But I did that for a while and I really loved it. And I loved the tech as much as I did the voicing. Mm -hmm. So it kind of, it percolated in the back of my head for a while and I, Ended up in internet marketing and SEO, and I did that for a number of years. And then um, in 2007, I got really bored (laughs) because I was still in SEO and internet marketing, and Google became the only game in town. And I was like, "Uh, "This is no longer what I signed up for. This is this Mm -hmm. is boring. (laughs) I'm not enjoying myself." Mm -hmm. And so, because I was already self-employed, for me it was just a focus switch, and I. I basically just went into voiceovers whole hog because it had been in the back of my head for a long time. I hadn't really realized what it was until 95. Mm. And then when I was able to, I switched focus and started, you know, getting the training and getting the demos together and all of that. And Mm. um, yeah, and the, you know, life has changed (laughs) since 2007, but so has the industry. The industry has changed a lot. So, you know, it was already online for me because when I was working by myself, I was already global. I wasn't looking in my own backyard. I was looking all over the world because it was over the Internet. Right. Yeah. And when I went into voiceovers, it was the same thing for me. I didn't look locally until probably three years later. I don't know. I It didn't really didn't really impress on me that I needed to until, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, the world opened up. And oh, wow. it's a fantastic way to make a living. I mean, I really have loved it from day one. <laughs>
0: oh, wonderful. There's nothing better than loving your, like, genuinely caring about your work.
1: It is really something special to be a part of someone else's audio brand. I really, but that's where I'm coming at this from, right? I'm coming, I'm one tiny little portion of that whole audio branding umbrella. Mm-hmm. And I want to fit into that. So I think that... um and I've been seeing a lot of people worrying about their audi- their brand mm-hmm. as a voice talent. And, and my advice to people on that is make it easy for your clients to know where you fit. Mm-hmm. But beyond that it's not about you. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not about your brand. It's about your client's brand. And do you mm-hmm. fit into that client's brand?
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: yes, as far as your branding is concerned, make sure that you're going after the clients you want and make sure that your branding appeals to them. But yeah. beyond that, mm-hmm. let it go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, Fantastic. It's important for them to have an idea of what they want for their brand. But for you maybe try and be a bit more flexible that you are conveying their brand? Well,
1: yeah, understand that your voice is going to be unique. And so it will fit into certain brands better than others. That's Mm -hmm. just the way this is going to be. People are going to pigeonhole you. That's what they do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We do that all all day, every day. Every human does this. Mm -hmm. If you make it easy for them to know where you fit in, and you make it easy for you to know which jobs you want, Mm. And there's a nice little mixture in the Venn diagram in the middle there (laughs) that that will get you the jobs that you can be the most effective on and that you will enjoy the most. Mm -hmm. So if you can if you can gear your career towards those things and Mm -hmm. be easy to hire. That's the way to go.
0: Fantastic. That's that's great advice. Um, you mentioned uh, your your roots as a singer, with your parents being singers. Was that important to the way you think about performing?
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. When I came at this, it was through music. It wasn't through acting. I had to learn the acting. <laughs> <laughs> and that comes with time, and it comes with experience. And, mm. and everything that you act is colored by everything you've experienced in your life. Mm. So, uh, first of all, I would say to people who want to get into this, Whether or not you have the acting chops, you can learn that. That Mm -hmm. can be learned. But Mm -hmm. your life experience, no matter what it was you did, like if you were flipping burgers at McDonald's, you Mm -hmm. saw a lot, believe Mm me. (laughs) So even if that was the job that you're coming at this from, all that experience goes into what you become as a voice actor. Mm -hmm. So my musical experience informed my acting experience as a voice actor. Mm. And I hear the notes and beats in the script. That mm. just impresses on me what the important parts of the script are and how to make it dynamic and interesting to listen to without being sing-songy, which, which is of what course, they sort yeah. of guard you against doing when you act. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah.
1: But, um, but beyond that, music in and of itself, actually gives me the tone of voice I need to get to Mm -hmm. in any kind of script. So if someone has a corporate narration or a commercial that they're doing, and they've chosen the music already, I know exactly where I need to go with the tone. Because Mm -hmm. that music gets me to an emotional space immediately, where I Mm -hmm. know what the tone needs to be to convey what's in the script.
0: Fantastic. That is so handy. It helps a lot. It
1: does help a lot. Mm. Knowing the emotional intent of Mm. what the copywriter meant to do in that script is Mm. going to help you immeasurably, like just a huge amount.
0: (laughs) Amazing. So if somebody was putting together a commercial or a piece of narration, would you recommend that they, they have at least some music for their performer to listen to?
1: I think it's a good idea. I know it doesn't always happen. And it it may not always be able to happen, because Mm. a lot of these things are done by committee. So Mm, it's written by one guy, and then it goes through legal and five other people look through it. And, you know, then finally, Mm -hmm. the copywriter gets it back and can like, make it sound (laughs) human again. (laughs) And then, you know, and then Three people have to choose what music they like from the five spots that uh, the audio engineer or producer managed to get for them, you know, and then they they finally may have chosen something and then it'll change at the last minute. Like, (laughs) you know, so so these things, they they all Uh, It's a very dynamic industry, and it moves really fast. So I understand that that isn't always possible. But Mm -hmm. in some cases, the audio engineer or the producer or even the copywriter has a bit of music in mind. Mm -hmm. And and that music emotionally informs where that commercial or corporate narration will be taken, the, the resonance that they want it to have with the audience. And that's really the important part, because if you aren't emotionally reaching people through whatever audio you're putting out there, you're not doing what it's meant to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So figure out what emotion you want, get some kind of music that reflects that emotion and hopefully reflects who your brand is. And then you you really have something.
0: Fantastic. What you were saying about uh, it being written by committee, it reminds me of a story from uh, Peter Barkworth, who is a well-known actor. I don't want to say how many years back because I'm probably <laughs> be wrong. Um, but... <laughs> that's okay he has he has a wonderful book it was my first ever book about any kind of performance or acting it's called and it's called about acting and there's a story in that where he talks about working for commercials and he says um it's an old joke but you're given a script about soap and it's one line and you read the line and the director says that's fantastic. Uh, but we've, we've got a note from the sound engineer and he thinks you really have to hit the word is. So you say the sentence again, emphasizing is, then somebody else comes in and goes, oh, um, the, the, the company wants you to really emphasize the word soap. That's so important to them. And then so many people come in and by the end, this poor actress just shouting every single word <laughs> in the line. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, you'd be surprised. Um, you know, I don't encounter that a whole lot. Anymore, mm. I, I haven't in the last little while. I know that it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally know it happens. <laughs> and often they'll just go with the first take they already
0: had. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, but really, I mean, it's our job as performers to give them what they want. Mm-hmm. And that's my job. My job is to give them what they want so they can direct me any way they want. I need to be versatile enough to be able to do that and get them what they feel they were asking for. Mm-hmm. And directors need to know how to ask the questions. But it's, it's a give and take between the actor and the director, right? Because mm-hmm. the director can use words that the actor doesn't really understand what they're after
0: mm-hmm. and
1: vice versa, you know. So we need to talk the same language. What do we mean when we say this word? What does this person interpret that as meaning on their end? It's kind of a a guessing and gut feeling game as well. Because, um, you know, and and knowing how to translate that into your voice. So knowing your instrument is really important.
0: Can you tell us a bit more about what it's like performing for commercials and corporate narration and all the other wonderful myriad of things you do? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, it is still acting. If you are speaking a script or performing a script, first of all, you can't sound like you're reading. That cannot be a thing at mm. all. And uh, secondly, you, you really need to be aware of the meaning of what you're saying mm. so that you can understand, again, what the emotional impact is supposed to be. You mm. can get a lot of hints on what that is from the words in the script the copywriter has given it to you all there and you can figure out how um formal or informal it's going to be by the use of contractions or that they didn't use contractions there's mm. all sorts of little hints in the script that will give you what you need to be able to interpret this mm. but at the same time i'm in a five five by four sound treated booth mm. i'm looking at a screen Uh, I'm basically in a padded room with a microphone in my face and headphones on. And when I record, actually, if I'm not in a session with a client, I never use my headphones because that that takes away some of the extra resonance in my head, Mm -hmm. which makes me sound more real. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know if you're listening to yourself it's kind of like walking by a mirror in someone else's house can you resist looking at yourself in that mirror no you can't (laughs) no one can (laughs) no yeah so if you have the option don't listen to yourself in your headphones just don't Mm -hmm. do it when you're performing a script just perform the script You'll know on the screen if it's recording by the WAV file. You'll know it's recording. You don't need to actually hear it while it's happening. Mm
0: -hmm. And you'll
1: sound more real.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Because ultimately, you are hoping to be a real person speaking these words Mm -hmm. to another real person. It's meant to be a dialogue, even if there's no one else there. So that is a lot of theater of the mind. And that's acting. All
0: of it is acting. Sometimes you can really... You can really tell when somebody's gone from, I'd say, a conversation and then they go, either they've got to read something very specific for an advert and suddenly all of the naturalness in their voice (laughs) disappears. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's kind of why I say that people who come at this from radio really do need coaching. I mean, we all need coaching. Everyone Mm -hmm. needs coaching before you Mm -hmm. get into voiceover. That's just, that's the way you need to approach this because you just don't know what you don't know. And -hmm. you need someone who's in the business to tell you what sells and what will be competitive because Mm -hmm. otherwise you're just not going to know and you're going to beat your head against a wall for years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, but. Radio DJs in particular need help with this because they're used to speaking to the masses and not necessarily paying attention to the words in the script because they don't get paid extra to say those words, right? Mm -hmm. They are just given a script and said, here, this client paid for this spot on this uh, show, read it, you know? Mm -hmm. And -hmm. it's not really, I mean, they may even record it separately, but... But they don't have any training and they're not getting paid for this. So why worry about it? Right. They're just speaking (laughs) the words. You will occasionally get a DJ who will actually read the script as if they are talking to the same people they talk to when they're doing their show. Mm -hmm. And that can work. Because it's the same deal you get with podcasters or with video uh, people who are actually talking about a particular product that they use or that the product sent them a sample of and they got to try it out, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, this is, these are like real person testimonials. And in that case, it can work really well. Hmm. But if you're just reading a script, I don't blame the radio people for sounding like they're reading a script because no one asked them to get any training. No one asked them to. They're not paying them
0: extra for this. I'm willing to bet they got that maybe five minutes before they had to read that. At yeah, max. yeah,
1: yeah. In a lot, of, in a lot of cases, I'm sure they're just handed the script and said, "Okay, this goes on next."
0: <laughs> ah, okay, get him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or it's like a last minute thing at the end of the day when they're about to head home. Like,
0: (laughs) yeah. Oh, you're about to. Oh, just one more thing. (laughs) All right. Chill. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like in a lot of times they will actually record these separately and then add them into the show. But who knows when they're recording it? Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And as you say, they probably didn't have that long to look at the script and -hmm. they don't really have the training for it. Like it's not that's not, you know, they're they're being their DJ self. That's basically what the ad person wanted (laughs) really because Mm -hmm. they're lending their
0: celebrity to that that spot right Mm -hmm. but it's so interesting to listen to the difference between a radio dj and the radio announcer and you can Mm -hmm. really tell that announcer this is their job this is the sea they swim in that you could give them the most ridiculous sounding news headline or title they don't care they got it.
1: Sure. Yeah. And and that is definitely a skill. There's you yeah, <laughs> know, there's a lot that goes into that. From your perspective,
0: do you have any any advice for anybody who might be wanting to start looking in your area of work?
1: Well, like I said, coaching is number one because mm-hmm. that coach isn't just gonna get you where you're competitive, but they'll also tell you when you're ready for a demo because believe me these demos are not cheap and you do not want to invest in one before you're ready to be competitive mm. because then it's a waste of money it's a digital doorstop right <laughs> like what do you want that for <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah make sure that you get you get with a coach uh, and again these days you can coach with anyone around the world because mm. we're all on zoom <laughs> so It's pretty easy to to really connect with anyone you might want to connect with. I would say go to, um, there's a a website called Uh, VoiceOver Extra, and it's X-T-R-A. So Mm -hmm. VoiceOver Extra, Mm X-T-R-A.com. They have a ton of information there, a lot of free services, a lot of workshops that are maybe 50 bucks. You can either buy the workshop, you might get into a a group setting workout group or something like that. There's Mm -hmm. also something called Gravy for the Brain, which sounds really, really strange. (laughs) They are based in the UK, but they have Uh, offices all over the world Hugh Edwards is is one of the major guys and he is a video game um, uh, guy does a lot of stuff in video games but he's done all sorts of work Mm
0: -hmm. and Peter
1: Dixon um, is uh, I mean he's been in the UK voiceover world for I don't know a long 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 time Mm -hmm. Um, uh, he's been in uh, video games um he did the uh, the voice of the London 2012 Olympic Games. Wow, he beat volleyball! I think <laughs> that was interesting. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, he's done a ton of stuff. They have a regular mm. membership mm. that is a certain amount per month, but it's well worth it if you're looking for an idea of what steps to take to get to the point where you're competitive.
0: Wonderful. I'll pop links uh, to those in the description, and I will also put links uh, to your lovely podcast and your website. Because I, <laughs> well, thank I, you. Genu- I genuinely, I, I think that everyone should go and, and listen to uh, listen to your work because it's, it's really insightful, uh, and I'm, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me here. This has been a lot
0: of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so glad. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you want to suggest or submit a short story or a subject you'd like us to cover, then contact us through our Facebook page or Twitter, and subscribe if you would like to hear more. This has been a Yorick Radio production.